This morning's Sunday School lesson is Living a Changed Life. Amen. Living a Changed Life. So a changed life must be a life different from the one that we once lived outside of Christ. Amen. So there is a distinction in the life that we live in now as opposed to the life that we used to live. In our past life, our flesh dictated to us what we did, how we did it, and how we reacted. Amen. But our new lifestyle that we live in the spirit, we depend on the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost. And so there was a point we got in our lives where we were tired of living the same old, same old. And God began to deal with us and tug on us and draw us out of that old life into a new life. Made us curious, made us hungry for a change, made us hungry for something different. Come on, somebody. And so we realize now that we had to let go of our past in order to build a future. You can't stay connected to that old man and to your old ways and your old attitude, huh? In order for you to move on with a future with God. God commands that you let it go. Huh? He commands that you move forward. Huh? He commands us to put on the new man. Yes, yeah, so there's got to be some changes uh, in our life. There has to be a metamorphosis. Amen. Uh, we're minded of in the natural of that butterfly. It, it started out as a, a, a small moth and then it formed a cocoon, so to speak, and it went through a process of transformation. And then when it was time for that butterfly to emerge, uh, it came out of that cocoon that it was wrapped in and it emerged into a beautiful butterfly. Come on, somebody. It began to fly. Oh, my God. And so God does us the same way. We started out in this life at a certain point, and we begin to go through the stages of life, and we begin to go through some things, and we begin to see some things, and we experience some things, and God began to shape our life. Every individual, he shaped our life. And then when he knew that you were ready, oh my God, he knew that your heart was ready for you to receive something different. Oh, yes. Uh, he knew your mind was ready. You were ready to surrender because you had had enough of your own way and you were ready for something different. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel this thing already. So we got to look at the source of where our change come from. Amen. Uh, I believe it was Job that said, all the days of my appointed time, I'll wait 
until my change come. And we got to wait. See, that's the the thing about changes is that we got to wait for some things to happen. We got to wait on God. And sometimes we get in a hurry. Sometimes we try to rush God. Um, We want to get ahead of the blessing. But you got to wait on God. (laughs) Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall do what? Strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So we got to wait on God to do some things because when we get ahead of God and the trouble with the churches, we often try to get ahead of God instead of walking in step with God. You walk with God. You don't get a head of God because when you get ahead of God that's when your life gets shipwrecked that's when it becomes a mess and a total disaster and then you gotta seek God and cry out to God and plead to God God help me because I done made a mess of stuff I got ahead of you instead of walking with you You got to walk in step. You got to walk in step. You got to be in tune with God. Oh, yes. Because a lot of times we get in a hurry. We get stuff in our mind and we get stuff in our spirit and our crawl. And we say we want it right now. But it may not be for right now. You may not be able to handle it right now. God knows what's best for all of us. And it will behoove us to walk with God so he can reveal, yes, I'm going to bless you. Yes, I'm going to open the door. Yes, you're going to get the job. Yes, this and that. Oh, but it's going to be on my timetable. Because God has a timetable. Yes. So the cause of a changed life. So we talked about transitioning. The transitioning from being a child of darkness to being a child of the light must take place. And it's personal. This thing got to be personal. Even when there was revival and many souls were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, each individual person's conversion was private. Huh? Come on here. What God did in me, it was between me and the Lord. What God did in your life, it was between you and the Lord. And that's why you should cherish your walk and your relationship with God uh, because it's personal between you and your God. It should be personal. Amen. Uh, God does some things on a corporate basis, you know, with the body of believers, but he also does things on an individual basis. Yes, and you better thank God that he deals with each individual on an individual basis. He ain't going to deal with me how he deal with you because our personalities are different. Amen. So stop trying to blanket the move of God huh, and the move in the spirit based off of somebody else. Because he's going to deal with you based on your personality. Come on here. Everybody was raised different. We saw things differently out of a different lens. Huh? Come on. Every individual is unique and God knows that. 
huh? So he deals with the corporate and he deals with the individual. <laughs> yeah, so it's personal. It's personal. And I, I wanted to uh, give you a definition of the word change since we're talking about a changed life. According to the Strong's Concordance, change is to alter, to disguise. Uh, it is to come in a different form, to be transformed, to pervert, to alter. And so our life has to be altered. There has to be adjustments along the way. Amen. We started out with God one way, but when you continue to walk with God, God makes some adjustments to your spirit, man. Huh? Come on here. Uh, you don't stay the same as a babe. You start off as a baby crawling in the kingdom. But eventually you should become a toddler and you should start taking some steps in the kingdom. Come on here. And then after you don't reach toddler stage, uh, then you go on into where you in the, you know, elementary stage, so to speak. You should continually grow with God. Then after your elementary stages, after you have digested enough milk, because, you know, when you're a babe in God, all you can handle is milk. You can't handle strong meat. And so after you have digested milk long enough and you're ready to go to the next level, come on, somebody, then you may go to middle school level with God. And once you've gone through the middle school stages with God, uh, where you're able to start chewing on some meat, then you go on to the next level in God. There is faith to faith and glory to glory. There's different stages that we got to go through with God. Huh? Come on here. It's adjustments. You had to make adjustments in your own life. When you was in your 20s, you operated different than when you was in your 30s. And when you was in your 30s, you didn't do everything you did when you was 18 and 19. <laughs> Come on here. Uh, and definitely when you got in your 40s, hopefully by the time you reached 40, you had got some maturity. Huh? Come on here. And you didn't act foolish like you did in your early 20s. You had to make some adjustments in your attitude and your thinking. And so God has to continually deal with us. And he got to show us where we are so he can mold us and make us and shape us into where we ought to be. So there are three things that causes us in living a changed life. The cross, the blood of Jesus and the new birth. Our old man must be crucified with Christ by the work of repentance. Oh, there goes that word again, repentance. So that the body of sin might be destroyed. It also talks about in the same way Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we should also walk in what? The newness of life. 
Amen. So we have been raised from death to life to be renewed in our mind. And so that's where the change started. The change started from here. People want to change the outward cup, but don't want to address the inward cup. We got to address the inward cup. It's the change starts on the inside and it flows to the outside. Huh? Come on, somebody. What good do it do for you to dress the outward cup and look churchy, but the inward man is dead? Huh? It ain't got no substance to it. You ain't got no faith walk. Come on here. You ain't got no strength, no power, no discipline, no structure, no standard. The Holy Ghost brings a standard to your life. What good do it do for you to dress it up on the outside, but the inward side, you bankrupt. <laughs> and we got a whole lot of folks that's dressing the outward. Huh? We like to paint a pretty picture, so to speak, on the outward side. But the inside, you can't neglect the inward man. It's the inward man that God is most concerned about. And traditionally, in this thing called church, we consume ourselves with looking the part, with dressing the part. Uh, dressing the part is good, but you better make sure the inward man don't go lacking. Oh, so let me get into a few scriptures here. Amen. We're going to do some reading today. So it behoove you to get your Bible. Hope you didn't come to church without your Bible. Amen. We're going to first go to the book of Romans, the sixth chapter. Starting at verse one. Romans six. Starting in verse 1. And the Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Listen to what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Just because we in the dispensation of grace don't give you no excuse to sin. Oh, come on here. Oh, that's tight right there in verse 1. We didn't even got down to the rest of it. Just because you live it in a time of grace don't give you a pass to act a fool. Just because God is shedding grace don't mean that you can do anything you big and bad enough to do and then turn around and say, I'm sorry. You know good and well you don't mean it. You know you don't mean it. <laughs> because you keep on going back and doing the same thing over and over again. You ain't let go. You still holding on and playing hokey pokey with this thing, huh? Because we in grace. I done heard a lot of foolish statements because we in grace, you know, then I can be a homosexual Christian. That devil's a lie. <laughs> Ain't no such thing. <laughs> huh? Uh, we done took this thing too far uh, because we in grace, uh, uh, you know, we can smoke and drink. Ain't no harm in having a little fun because we in grace. Uh, but the devil is a lie. Uh, the apostle Paul says, uh, how should we continue in sin uh, that grace may abound? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. God forbid, he says, 
How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Meaning, how you going to keep doing what you used to do? Huh, that old stuff. I thought you was delivered. You said that God saved you. You said that God brought you out of the street. You said God brought you out of that stuff. How you gonna continue to pick up that stuff? You gonna go back and pick it up after you done been buried in water and baptism in Jesus' name and he filled you with the Holy Ghost and you gonna backstep? Hmm. My God, know ye not that so many of us were what? Baptized into Jesus Christ? We were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are what? Buried with him by baptism into death. That as like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should what? Walk in the newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that your old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what? Destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if he be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? Live with him. So that old stuff got to die out of you. Huh? That hook and crook don't work in this kingdom. Huh? Come on here. Uh, that fighting and that brawling and that cussing and that lying and that cheating and that stealing stuff that you used to do out there. It don't work in here, boo. <laughs> this is a different kingdom. <laughs> it's got different rules and different principles and different standards. And it's ruled by the head, which is Jesus Christ. That old stuff got to die out. And some of y'all need to stop going to the graveyard digging that stuff back up. You need to leave it dead. <laughs> you need to leave it dead and buried because it don't work here. Yes. <laughs> Woo. Hold on to your hat because it's going to get a little tighter. Mm. Yes, uh, the same way that we used to go off on folk out there and that same way that we used to fight and brawl and cuss, huh? And try to intimidate folk and act a clown in the streets, uh, huh? Because we thought we were so big and bad. Oh, honey, you ain't met big and bad yet. Just hold on to your hat. Because I used to hear old saying from the old folks, huh? When you think you bad, it's somebody better than you. <laughs> Just hold on a few days because I'm here to tell you and remind you that old stuff and that old way that you used to operate out there, it don't work in here. You in God's kingdom. And he's chief. <laughs> oh, the chief of this ship is Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He's the chief of the corner that the builders rejected. Uh, but he rules and reigns in this kingdom. And we all got to answer to the chief. Oh my God. For he died. For in that he died, he died under sin one time. And he ain't dying no more. <laughs> the old song used to say he done died one time. He ain't dying no more. 
Jesus done healed and he left my soul and gone. Woo, my God. He did it one time and one time was enough. But in he that liveth, he liveth unto God. Uh, likewise, reckon yourselves, uh, ye also yourselves, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore do what? Reign in your mortal body. Woo, you need to underline that scripture. You don't let sin reign in your hands. You don't let sin reign in your feet. You better not let sin reign in your mouth. Because your tongue is dirty. It's corrupt. It's an unruly evil. If you read in the book of James. And it talked about our evil tongue. Oh our nasty mouth. It takes the Holy Ghost. To work on us and deal with us. Oh because we got some stuff in our heart. That we won't let God deal with. And let the truth be told. Huh? Oh yes. Huh? The devil push your button the right way. Huh? And one of them folk will let a word slip out. Huh? Honey you ain't sat on the potter's wheel long enough. Huh? You didn't let God pull some stuff out of you. Huh? You can let the Holy Ghost work on you. Huh? And deal with you. Huh? Because your tongue is an unruly evil. But I tell you one thing, you better get that tongue straight. <laughs> because by your words, you're going to be saved. And by your words, you're going to be corrupt. <laughs> you better watch your mouth. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you better learn how to bite your tongue. <laughs> uh, when you feel it rising up, <laughs> and when you feel that evil foolishness rising up in you, uh, you better learn <laughs> the... Ooh, uh, you, you better learn how to close your mouth uh, because when the words proceed out of your mouth it's too late to take it back uh, it ain't no taking it back uh, once you put it out there it's out there it's out there Woo, my God. And by your words, you're going to be judged. You're going to have to stand before God. We all going to have to stand before God and give an account of everything we've done with our hands, everything we said with our mouth, even the looks you gave. We're going to have to stand before God. All of our actions, all of our attitudes, we're going to have to stand before God and give an account of everything we've done in this body. So watch yourself. Woo, my God. Oh, they used to tell us uh, back in the old days, you know, when they taught wisdom, think before you speak. <laughs> huh? Think about it now before you speak it. Huh? Because once you speak it, the damage has been done. The action has been done. <laughs> my God, we're going to get down to it. Just hold on. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. it's early still. Yeah, I know the cobwebs. We need to change the clock at some point, too, since we have rolled back the time. Because it's still reading 10 o'clock. So, likewise, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your what? Members. Is instruments of unrighteousness. Don't let the devil use ya. <laughs> That's the crux of the matter. Don't let the devil use ya. 
Don't let the devil use you to be messy. Don't let the devil use you to bring about division in the body. Don't let the devil use you to tear down your brothers and your sisters. Don't let the devil use you huh, to keep up stuff in the background. Don't let the devil use you huh, to spread a, a spirit of discord amongst the brethren. Don't let the devil use you to be a rebel. Rebellious, uh, something in the house of God. Don't let the devil use you. <laughs> Don't yield your members as the instruments of unrighteousness under sin. But yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead. <laughs> and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Huh? So we got to yield ourselves unto the Lord. Huh? The word is being preached and the word is being taught. But are you opening up to receive it? Huh? Are you doing what the word is telling us to do? Are you obedient to the word that's being preached? Are you obeying the word that's being taught? You got to yield yourself unto God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so now we're going to flip over to Ephesians. That was good, wasn't it? Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 22. Amen. We're talking about the cause of a changed life. Hmm? Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 22, and I, I would have that you all read it with me. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. You need to underline that. See, you ain't even supposed to be talking like you used to talk when you was out there in the street. Your whole mindset, your attitude, your conversation supposed to be different. Now how is it that the saints done adopted all of this street slang that folks out there in the world saying you shouldn't even identify yourself with stuff that they out there talking about. Some of this stuff they talking about, I'm like what? I don't even know what they talking about. I need a dictionary for some of this stuff they coming up with. Huh? <laughs> I don't know, Sister Elma. What that mean? <laughs> I've been gone too long. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you better thank the Lord you've been gone too long <laughs> to understand what they even talking about. <laughs> I don't even identify with that stuff. Like, what? <laughs> My teenagers have to do some interpretation. I have to ask them, well, what does that mean? They were like, mama, this mean that and that. Because, you know, them young folks, they know. <laughs> Whoa, my God. So you put off that old man, that form of conversation, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Huh? What's out there in the world? The lust of the what? The flesh? The lust of the eye? And the pride of life. Well, that's all that's out there. It's deceitful lust. 
And when God transformed your life, he give you a different appetite. Can I get a witness? I don't even have the appetite that I used to have when I was out there, wrong. My appetite has changed uh, since Jesus uh, has come into my life. <laughs> I may have had an appetite for drugs and alcohol uh, and slipping and tipping and lying and hooking and crooking, uh, but my appetite uh, has changed uh, since Jesus uh, came into my heart. The residue uh, from the drugs is gone. Uh, the residue from the crack pipe uh, is gone uh, because Jesus washed me. Uh, he cleaned me up uh, and he turned my whole life around. He placed my feet on solid ground. The residue is gone. Because I let Jesus work with me. I let him, I let him come on in. Uh, I didn't resist him when he was trying to deal with me. And some of y'all need to stop resisting when God is dealing with you. Open up. Uh, the old folks say, heist up your window. And let Jesus come on in. Woo. Let Jesus work on you. Huh? I want Jesus to work with me every day. Huh? Jesus, you see the foolishness in my heart. You see the evil in my heart. You see that stuff that's hid in the corner of my heart that nobody else see. God, take it out and strengthen me. Why? Because I want to be saved, first of all. I want to be right, second of all. And I want to be whole, third of all. Woo! Trying to contain myself here. Whoa, my God. Yes. So after we have been uh, renewed, and the verse 23 says, what and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Oh, oh that's deep right there. <laughs> the Amplified says, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. The church needs to be refreshed. <laughs> or oh, we need a fresh move of God. Yes, we need to constantly be refreshed in our mind and in our spirit. Yes, yes, yes. That's why the Holy Ghost is so crucial. You need the bathing of the Holy Ghost. You need God to bathe you in the anointing so that you can be refreshed and you can be renewed. The word of God got to deal with our thinking. The word got to cut off some stuff in our spirit, man, so that we can be renewed. You can't get renewed not spending time with God. You got to spend time with God so that you can get restored and renewed. The church don't even pray for that. Lord, renew me. Huh? I don't like where I am and I don't want to stay where I am, God. Keep dealing with me. God, renew me day by day. Because I'm not satisfied. How many of y'all satisfied? Of where you are right now. 
I hope you don't raise your hand. You should never be satisfied where you are. You always strive for more with God. Say, God, I'm chasing after you. Huh? No matter what I got to do, because I need you more and more. That should be your heart's cry. I need more and more of you, God. Woo! Because I want to be better. Now, how many of you want to be better? You should be striving to be better. Yes, Jesus. Then verse 24 says, And that she put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Oh, so we got a fake holiness. Huh? True holiness. Huh? And put on the new nature, says the Amplified, the regenerate self. Created in God's image, meaning God-like. In true righteousness and holiness. So there's an imitation. And we got many imitators in the church. Huh? Imitating what's supposed to be holiness instead of getting the real deal. Hmm? Instead of striving after the real deal. Oh my God. Because the Bible talks about angels that have transformed themselves into what? Angels of light. Huh? They look like they right, but on the inside they corrupt. They ain't right. <laughs> That's why you got to try the spirit by the spirit to see is it of God. You got to check things out in the spirit realm. Don't just take everything for the surface. Huh? Come on, saints. Wherefore, 25, putting away lying. Whoop. Well, we done emptied out and have the church right there. Wherefore, putting away lying. Because God hates a liar. Liar, liar, your pants is on fire. Lying don't work in this kingdom, in case you didn't know. <laughs> it don't work here. You may have got through life out there with your lying, huh? With your deceit. But that don't work in this kingdom. God expects the truth woo, out of his saints. Huh? Oh, David said that truth may be on the inward parts. Truth got to be on the inside of us, saints. You're pretending it's going to show up one day. <laughs> God is going to uncover the pretenders. All those that's faking this thing, he's going to pull the sheets off, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's pulling the sheets off of them. <laughs> he does a wonderful job, don't he, Sister Tina? Exposing them. <laughs> Woo! So I would advise you to make sure you got your house in order, that you're walking up right before God, that you done repented of everything that you done done, and make sure your hands is clean, because when God moved through and he began to pull the sheets off and expose everything in front of the people and show them that you've been faking all this time, 
what you've been saying you are. <laughs> Woo! My God. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Ain't no business lying on folk. Huh? Ain't no business tearing down folks talking about them behind their back. Everybody expected to speak truth with his neighbor. That's the word. What we lying for? Trying to make yourself look good? Huh? Ain't that the craftiness of the devil? Always trying to make yourself look like clean as a whistle. Huh? I ain't did nothing. Huh? Be careful of them folks that's always screaming, I'm innocent. I'm 100% and I ain't did nothing. Huh? Be careful of them folks that's always pointing the finger at the saints. Huh? But you ain't said nothing. You ain't did nothing. I doubt it very seriously. <laughs> I doubt that very seriously. Oh, be careful of them folks now. That's always got an accusation. Why are you always accusing your brother and sister of something? Huh? Come on here. We shouldn't be walking around always accusing folks of something. Then the problem lies on the inside of you. It ain't with everybody else around you. The problem is you. Oh, I know y'all ain't liking first lady this morning, but hold on. Yes, yes. We're going to speak truth with our neighbor. For we are members. Oh, wait a minute. Y'all got highlighters. For we are members one of another. So we belong in this thing together. God got a unified church and a unified kingdom. He expects unity out of his people. He hates division. He hates discord. We are members one of another. That means we look out for one another. We don't tear each other down. We help build each other up. We encourage one another. Come on here. Then, oh, there's a big one here. Be angry. Jesus was angry when he went through the temple. Turned over the tables of the crooked money changers. But you notice he didn't cuss. Well, well, now, they got some of us right there. <laughs> it's a difference in being angry. But you don't sin. It says sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Because you don't know when you lay your head down whether you're going to wake up the next day. And you done got all that mad spirit on the inside of you and you mad at folk and you ain't got that thing straight. You didn't go to your brother and your sister and make sure you got that thing straight before you laid your head down on that pillow. God may call you home at 2 o'clock in the morning. And you ain't got that thing straight. You don't know where death is and you just walking around way. Ah, you got to be careful with that thing. This thing is a lot tighter than we taking it for. You don't have 
room to walk around with the spirit of man. Huh? Come on here. We got to get that thing straight. The Bible has an order. Huh? Your brother, your sister, you think they got an art with you. You're supposed to be able to go to them. We're supposed to be able to talk. And not only just talking, but we should be able to listen to one another. Because I got my perception of how I see it and you got your perception. Now we may agree to disagree, but we still should be able to get along. Every time I see you, I ain't going to be arguing with you. Huh? We should be able to get along. And the Holy Ghost should rise up in us. You say you got the Holy Ghost, and I say I got the Holy Ghost, and we say the Holy Ghost is leading us now. It should lead us to live peaceably. Whether we agree or not. There shouldn't be no fighting and no arguing in the church. This ain't your church. This is God's house. I think we forget those things sometimes. Huh? Because we, you know, we come and we serve in a ministry and, you know, we uh, work on committees and we have positions in the church and all of those lovely, great things. But it still ain't your church. It's God's church. He told the apostle Peter, upon this rock, Peter, I build my church. Who is the rock? The rock is Jesus Christ. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. <laughs> oh my God. So we, we, sometimes we have to be reminded of those things. Amen. So we don't let the sun go down on our wrath. Oh, this is a big one. And y'all need to highlight this in yellow. You know, you see, you have it in yellow. You tend to pay attention to it, you know. Uh, neither give place to the devil. When you open up a door, just one little crook of a door or a window, huh? the devil don't mind coming in. Huh? You can't give room to the devil to come in and work. Because uh, the devil is very crafty. He's a master of taking the scriptures and taking the word of God and twisting it. Huh? He know more scripture than you, honey. <laughs> you think you so well versed, the devil knows it even better. And he know how to take, but didn't God say? Huh? Ain't that what he did with him? But hath not God said? Huh? But he ain't going to quote it exactly the way it was supposed to be quoted. Huh? He's going to leave something out. Or he may add something in. <laughs> you got to watch that. Huh? Devil is very crafty, Elma. <laughs> and he loved to play with saints' mind. <laughs> it's up here that he messed with you. Huh? Messed up about your little car. <laughs> he messed up about your little money without the devil stole my money. He stole my husband. He stole my thing. Oh, he working right here. <laughs> this is the battleground. 
good. It's in your mind. It's how you perceive everything. It's how you looking at things. And the devil is very crafty. Huh? Ain't this blue? But you see it's red. But he'll convince you that this is blue. He'll talk to you in a way that if you sit there and listen to him long enough, he'll have you convinced this is blue. Because you sat there and you listened to that spirit. You sat there and gave attention to that monkey that tried to sit on your shoulder. See, everybody in the church against you. Hmm? Because you're sitting there listening to it and you're entertaining it. Then that voice gets louder and louder. Huh? Because you refuse to knock him off and say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hmm? We're entertaining too many voices. <laughs> that one was for free. <laughs> Woo! Don't give place to the devil. Don't let the devil ride, saints, because if you let him ride, he'll want to take you for a drive. He'll want to take over the car. He'll want to take over everything. Hmm? The next verse, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. Stop making it easy for the enemy to come in your life and wreck shop. Y'all making it too easy. Y'all don't put up no fight, no resistance. You don't rebuke him and put him in his place when you see him coming. You don't plead the blood of Jesus in your life, in your home, in your atmosphere. Come on here. Over your mind. The blood of Jesus. You don't use the authority that he gave you. To put the devil in check, you gotta check him. You leave him unchecked, then he gonna think he got the rule. <laughs> oh yeah, and he really gonna start taking over. Oh my God, working with his hands a thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. There we go with that mouth again. Hmm? So we shouldn't have cussing preachers and cussing pew members. Hmm? Mm -mm, mm -mm. Shouldn't there be no corrupt communication coming out of our mouth? Huh? When you, when you feel that stuff rising up in you, mm-mm. You better walk away, do whatever you got to do, huh, to save yourself. You better do whatever you can to stay clean, you hear me? You got to push that stuff, huh? Because that stuff will rise up in you. It's called the flush, and you don't let your flush get out of hand. Huh? That's why you got to put it on a fast sometimes. <laughs> well, when you see that stuff creeping up in you, oh, yeah, it's time to push the playback, sister. Huh? Because that flesh is reeking. It's getting loud. Huh? Arguing and fighting. Every time you turn around, you got, mm. Well, wait a minute now. We're getting too close to the edge. 
here. Our spirit man going to have to be bigger than our flesh. Oh, my God. It's called discipline, saints. Some of us going to have a hard time with discipline. You got to discipline your own life. That's your responsibility. That's not the preacher's responsibility. The preacher is the mailman. He delivered the word. You got to open up and receive the word. You got to eat the word. You got to let it digest in your mind and your spirit and work on you and deal with you. And you got to put the work in. You hear me? You got to put the work in. It's up to you to discipline yourself. Huh? You know you done had too much of junk. Huh? You know you done had too much of TV and radio and social media and distraction. You know you distracted. You spending less and less time with God reading your word. Less and less time in prayer. Come on here. You got to discipline yourself. You know when you done got too close. You know when you need to pull back from folk. Huh? You know when you need to stay at home sometime huh? and stop ripping and running, huh? flipping and flopping. Huh? That's your responsibility. The preacher ain't going home with you. Huh? You got to discipline yourself. That's your responsibility. <laughs> Woo, my God. Let no corrupt communication come out your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. And that's a big word right there. If it don't edify, we don't need to speak it. If it ain't building up, if it ain't encouraging, come on here. We don't need to talk it. It needs to build up. It needs to edify. Mm. It needs to be good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. Woo. As it is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace to those who hear it. So in actuality, we should be a blessing to our brothers and sisters. When we communicate with one another, we talk with one another, huh? We laugh with one another. We embrace one another. Encouragement. We should be a blessing to one another. Not when I see you coming, I got to go in the opposite direction because you vexing my spirit. Because I don't have to distance myself from you because you messy. Shouldn't have to do that. Because we come to the house of God to be saved. Huh? That's the number one mission. Huh? Is for salvation. This should be a safe place for the saints to come together as God has ordered in order for us to be saved, to hear the word, to worship in the beauty of holiness, huh? to get our spiritual charge, to get taught the principles of the doctrine so we know how to live when we leave out of here. Now, if the saints are weary of you, then there's a problem. Huh? I'm just saying. I should be able to approach anybody at any given time. Huh? Without us being funny acting, being cold. What we cold for? And you're supposed to be the light of God. The Bible said that we should be easily entreated. That 
means we should be approachable. If we got a walls so tough that can't nobody approach you and you so cold and indifferent, the problem is with you. So then we got to let God deal with us. And we got to let God work with us. Huh? Come on, somebody. We should be the most happiest, joyous, approachable people on the face of the planet. Do you hear me? When they see us out in the community, when they dealing with us in the workforce and in the neighborhood and in the churches, they should have something good to say. Huh? Come on here. Not that them folks is mean. Meaner than a two-headed snake. They shouldn't be said about the saints. Them folks nasty. Hmm? They got a nasty attitude. Walking around as if the world owe you something. Don't nobody owe us nothing. Huh? Come on, saints. We got to watch ourselves. We got to watch how we behave. Our behavior is everything. Huh? It's called the fruit of the spirit. You can talk in tongues all day, but if you ain't bearing no fruit, I call you the son of the devil. <laughs> I call you the daughter of the devil. If I'm looking at your tree and you're supposed to be an olive tree and I see big watermelons hanging off of your branch. Huh? Come on here. We're supposed to have some love and kindness. Huh? Come on here. We got to watch our spirit. Is it a gentle spirit? Is it a meek spirit? Is it a kind spirit? Huh? Are we able to forbear one another and get along? We should be able to get along. <laughs> and guess what? God going to command that we get along. Or he going to remove us out of the way. Oh, y'all don't think God will remove you. You better ask the nation of Israel. <laughs> oh, my God. That was for free. Yeah. See. So we're supposed to minister grace to one another. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to listen to the leading in the ministry of the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost leading you to do? Huh? It should be lead you to be obedient, first of all. <laughs> it should lead you to be obedient. The Holy Ghost leads us to be humble. Mm -hmm. We should have a humble spirit. The Bible says that we are children of the kingdom. You hear me? You come in here like a child. <laughs> I come in here like a child. Now, I may have been grown in big stuff out there, but ain't nobody grown in the kingdom but Jesus Christ. Let me break it down to you. <laughs> you come in here humble as a little child. Huh? That means with pure motive. Huh? Make sure you check your motives now. We come in here with the mentality, I want to grow. Huh? I want to be fed. I'm hungry, sister. I need my father to feed me. 
You come in here like a little child. You don't come in here puffed up and arrogant with your nose up, snarling your nose down at the saints like you got it all made and you got it all together and you ain't got no room to grow and can't nobody teach you nothing or show you nothing or tell you nothing. You in the wrong spirit. You come in here like a child. Huh? You bring yourself down. <laughs> Ain't no superstar in here but Jesus Christ. Huh? It's, it's Jesus. That's the only superstar. Huh? From the greatest to the least. He said, the least of you, huh? Let you, the greatest of everything should be the servant of all, right? So you come in here ready to serve. Huh? <laughs> that, that's your mission. I don't know why we get twisted up sometime along the way. Huh? But you come in here to serve. Huh? Jesus laid out the example of us serving. You didn't come to be served. You come to serve. You hear me? And whatever capacity that God puts you in, you always do it in the attitude of a servant. Amen. Oh, that was for free too. I'm giving y'all a lot of free nuggets today. <laughs> oh my God. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't vex or make the Spirit of God sadden with your behavior. Huh? With your actions. Huh? The Holy Ghost may be in you, but it don't mind leaving you. <laughs> Tell you right now, Holy Ghost ain't going everywhere with you. <laughs> you did hear me say the Holy Ghost. Now, some folks got a ghost, but it ain't holy. Huh? There's a whole lot of saints now proclaiming, all, you know, Folks that's in the church, because if you're a saint, then you got the real deal. But a whole lot of churchgoers say they got the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God is in order, is peaceable. Hmm? It don't cause confusion because the Bible said God is not the author of what? So if your spirit is causing confusion, then it ain't the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We, we, we got to draw the line here. <laughs> because there's a line of what's holy and then what ain't holy. <laughs> Come on here. Yeah, yeah. You, you mess around and grieve the Holy Ghost long enough. It's going to make his exit. <laughs> huh? Come on here. You keep on playing. This ain't nothing to play with, saints. Ain't nothing to play with. You better take the Holy Ghost with utmost seriousness. Because there is a fine line. And we can cross the line with vexing the Holy Ghost. Huh? And bring condemnation on your own soul. There's a fine line, saints, when we can mock the Holy Ghost. And there's a scripture that talks about there is a sin that cannot be forgiven. 
when we blaspheme, 